Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. The Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Episode number 140. Abby and Jeremy. Let's see. All in black, including my black hoodie. It's not the weather for it, but I intend to be invisible. These stalkers are diligent, awake all night. And how can Jeremy and I carry all the fruits and vegetables we can pick tonight? I think there's one or two burlap bags in the tool shed. Yes, got it. And now... I must have something around here left to eat. The heel of that delicious loaf of Penny's bread, the last scrapings of honey and nut butter, and two eggs. That's all. But later tonight, I'll have fresh food for free. And now for some cool water and an hour of sleep. Set the alarm for 11.30 and finally get some rest. But it was no good. She was way too excited to sleep. Her plan for the night stirred her up like a starving person imagining food. Food for both body and soul. Having real company to hike through the forest at night and visit her garden. This was how she had bonded with Phoebe. Her energy bubbled over and she began pacing the room. Finally, she got out her guitar and played a few melodies and experimented with songs that might work for her childcare job. Hmm. It's now 11.12. They may have bugged this place. No reason to set off an alarm and warn them I'm going out. I'll convince them I'm going to sleep. All lights and alarms off. Change to my black outfit. Study the view from my windows. The coast is clear. Abby slid out the back window with two old burlap bags under her arm. It was another dark night. The sliver of a moon was moving down into the west. She walked behind the apple trees to the privet hedge and crawled into the leaf pile. She had a route all planned out. Okay, the Iron Gate. The worst danger point in my whole plan. Stay still. Total silence for at least five minutes. Maybe ten. There's the owl again. My best friend here in the churchyard. The birds will warn me of danger. Just listen. Stay still. Oh, this is too much waiting. I'll take out the key and... Whoa! That bird's warning call. What bird is that? I'll wait. Lean against the wall. There it is. Depths. They've stopped. Started again. Shoes on the leaves. They're gone. 
Uh, it's not enough to keep watchers at the gate 24-7. Now they've got to walk sentry duty. Why do they care so much? It must be that they don't have enough dirt to bury us. They want more. A fierce anger rose in Abby's breast. She unlocked the door, stepped out, and relocked it. There was no sound but the crickets of late summer. Like a shadow, she crossed the path into the cornfield. Nothing moved. Keeping watch on the path along the church wall, she walked almost silently between the rows of corn to Old Stone Road. After another long wait, she crossed into the shadows of the trees along Marie Place and then glided between the houses to Stable Lane and the soccer field behind the toy store and the coffee shop. There was little traffic and no pedestrians. She crossed to the trees on the other side and now a hidden path to the river. Already the dense forest had begun where any stalker close enough to follow her would make blundering noises in the leaves, brambles, and branches, easily heard in the quiet night. <sighs> this is going well. There's the soothing sound of the river. And yes, already, there's starlight on the water. I feel like I'm flying or floating. Here we go, Underbridge Avenue along the water's edge. There, I've done it. The most difficult part of my escape is already over. These Morphe stalkers are hopelessly incompetent in this terrain. This game is not a part of their training. My walk to the great oak tree is now through dense forest the whole way, and then I'll trick Jeremy, just to see how alert he is. Abby passed through the forest behind Glenda's cottage and the end of Oak Knoll Lane and slowly approached the great oak tree from behind. If Jeremy was there already, she wanted to surprise him. Her motivation was really an effort to impress him. She knew he took great pride in his outdoor skills and was already in awe of her abilities a new kind of artistry that set her apart from the girls he had probably known. She crouched behind a bank of mountain laurel with a view of the oak tree and the starlit field beyond. There, something moved. Yes, that's Jeremy's faint silhouette appearing faintly in the starlight as he watches from his post behind the tree. Now I must move silently, but that is oh so hard to do. Slowly, slowly. Go ahead, crickets. Louder. Drown out my steps. She crept under cover of the crickets drone to within ten feet of Jeremy. Suddenly she stood up and saw his body jerk in surprise. But to his credit, he didn't make a sound. Only the involuntary half an inch of flinching muscles gave him away. 
<laughs> Not bad. Not bad at all. Jeremy took a few steps and whispered. I thought you tried something like that. I did my best to spot you. Nice going. This is so much fun. Where to now? Abby was thinking. I'm so glad he's not mad. To him, it's a treat. Abby hugged him and whispered. Follow me closely. So when I stop, not fast, but very quiet and careful. They set off along a faint animal trail. Abby avoided the high ridge where their silhouettes could appear against the faint light and took a slower path through the pine and fir trees. The branches hung low and often forced them to crawl. The needles were too sharp to brush the branches aside with bare hands. It was hard on the thigh muscles as they constantly had to crouch and duck their way along. But the bed of old needles was springy and silent. They moved with hardly a sound. Twice Abby stopped and listened for five or ten minutes. Jeremy waited. She could hear him breathing, not hard, but quite softly and regularly, as they stood almost touching. They were alone in the forest, with the rustling and faint calls of the night animals for company. Their path climbed along the rising ground and over the top of the long hill. And then the silvery glitter of the half-moon river appeared before them. Moving quickly in their eagerness, they followed an easy trail to the water. Abby was thinking, Stay slow. Okay, pull out the dinghy. Phoebe and I crossed over the river, what, eight days ago? The whole world has changed since then. Come follow me It's alright you see There's nothing for you to fear Come on over here You can see me through your tears I'll listen to you I hear what you say Go ahead and cry from your heart I'll see you apart with me There's always a way I'll see you wherever you are You can't be too near to any place you may happen to be I can shine for you to see Come close to me 
all around See what you found Just walk through the door And my world is always some more The best is in store The real story goes on and on